I would be very shocked if you did not guess this plant. Okay, well, uh, that's, no pressure. No I'm, pressure. I'm going for my clean sweep of zeros this week. So, <laughs> all right. So, given your success yesterday, are you choosing to ask me five questions? Today? Not yet. Not um, yet. I, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> all right. All right. So, all right. Here's my. Here are my five clues. It's an evergreen evergreen tree. Okay. Of the Panaceae family. And that includes cedars, firs, hemlocks, larches, pines, and spruces. Its native range is from Maine to Georgia, west to Alabama, and north to Michigan. It's also uh, native in Missouri, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't look up the wetland indicator status of this plant. It's fine with so, me. So um, it's 40 to 75 foot tall but can get up to 100 foot. Are you, are you happy that I threw that in there? So uh, that yeah, that, no complaints? yeah that, that helps. All right. So that's three clues. Um, it occurs at sea level in the north of its distribution, but is found primarily at elevations of 2,000 feet to 5,900 feet. Hmm. Okay, not what I was thinking. All right. And let's see. I'll give you one more clue. The bark is gray-brown and smooth when young to cinnamon-brown with thick, furrowed, scaly ridges forming flat plates as it gets older. Oh, man. Um, hmm. I'm going to guess – oh, man. I'm really torn here. I'm going to guess white pine. White pine. All right. So Tom is guessing Pinus strobus, which is uh, eastern white pine. This is a former – if you listen to our Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast, this was a former that's hot of Tom's. Um, So I know you're familiar with the plant. So today's plant is uh, eastern hemlock or Canadian hemlock, which is Suga canadensis. Wasn't even thinking about that one. (laughs) You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I'm Fran. And I'm Tom. And today's plant is Suga canadensis, which is eastern hemlock, also called Canadian hemlock. So I really thought you would get this, but I know, like, knowing the family, the Panaceae family, like, and knowing that I just gave you a plant that you didn't know, I could see how Mm -hmm. you might think... Oh, it, it could be a pine. It could be a large. But no, I was thinking that the elevation and, might help. And that's what really threw me off is when you're talking about pines and I was like, oh, man, pitch pine kind of is just popped in my head. And then with the height, that kind of gave me a little bit of a warning because those kind of top around like 70 feet when they're really tall. And that gets flat plate. But yeah, yeah. but they. But then, uh, yeah, well, that went out the door when you said the elevation thing. Yeah. So, but I thought maybe the thinnaman, yeah. cinnamon. Did I just say cinnamon? Cinnamon. Yeah. Uh, the cinnamon brown, thick furrowed, scaly ridges uh, might be helpful. It should have, because that is definitely not like white pine. But um, all right, I do. I was running out of. Well, ideas. the other one, the other clue, which would have been, I was going to either give you the bark or the needles, and the needles are opposite needles that are three eighth inch to three quarter inch. They're flat and flexible mm-hmm. with rounded tips, uh, yellow green. 
uh, glossy and two narrow white bands. So do you think he would have gotten it from that With rather the f- than the, the flat and flexible would have probably given yeah. away on the needles, yeah. it, but it would have been, it, there's a lot in that clue. So I might not have picked it out. There is, so. there is. So, uh, what, where do you want to start? So we're getting to that point of the year where, um, a lot of people start hating, uh, their pines and evergreens, yeah. uh, because it's about to be pollen season. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me a little about the, the pollination of this plant. Does this cause pollination or I shouldn't say pollination issues? Is there like a, a allergy aspect of it? Does it put out a lot of pollen? Is it monoecious, dioecious, those kind of so things? So I don't know about the pollen. I'd, I'd have to quick do a look through, um, but it is monoecious. It's it's pyramidal in shape. If you're unfamiliar with the tree, it's pyramidal in shape, and it has drooping lacy branches. Um, it is monoecious, so the male flowers are small. They're round yellow cones, uh, like yellow cone shapes near the end mm-hmm. of the branches. And then the female flowers are small, light green, ovoid shapes. Um, and then pollen cones at the branch tips like start happening in May. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not quite not quite yet. It will be soon. We're we're recording this right now. It's it's mid March. So um, but I don't know about the pollen count, how bad it is. That's one thing I didn't I probably should have looked up and, and possibly for future ones I should mm-hmm. I should oh, make a note of that. That's a, a more of a, a side thing because I'm feeling a little. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, feeling it today. Allergies lately, and uh, yeah. So I've <laughs> I know been it's noticing only about get worse. it on you know you, like you start seeing it on your vehicles, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I'm feeling it in my my newly fixed nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about where this plant is going to grow like what kind of conditions like where it's sunny or shady those kind of things it prefers part shade uh it can tolerate full sun or full shade if um if it's but like moist but well-drained soil conditions if you can meet those soil conditions you can get away with full shade or full sun but it really wants that part shade um and again we always talk about right plant right place so you just have to be a little bit a, a little careful you know the the root system if you think if you want to think about where it grows i i think daryl kabeski last week when he was talking about sugar maple mm-hmm. saying that it's a shallow root system because it typically grows in cooler climates that are rockier that don't have deep soil yeah. this is another one that's it has a shallow but aggressive root system spreading quickly uh usurping nutrients intended for other species so it can take enough out of the soil because of the the size of the tree and the range that it's it it might make it hard for other plants to live where Mm -hmm. where there's a lot of hemlock and this is a fairly long-lived plant about how long they live in like is there a a giant one out there that people should know about there is so and and i have a name for you which so it, it can live for 500 to 800 years um you know the the sad thing is the and and we have to talk about this is that that hemlock forests are under attack because of woolly adelgid, uh, mm-hmm. which is it looks like a little white furry bug that mm-hmm. you'll see all over the needles, and it's 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 been an issue for thirty years, if if not more. But it it's it's affecting other parts of the country and is really taking out mature stands of hemlock. So um, it it makes me concerned about for a tree that can live five hundred eight hundred years. We may not see that moving forward uh, mm-hmm. because in 30 years, we really – the trees are too tall to spray. You can't spray 100 feet up in the air. Um, 
but right now the tallest surviving uh, Canadian hemlock is in North Carolina. It's 169 foot and 11 inches tall, and it is called the Noland Mountain Tree. Couldn't you just get one more inch for uh, the – that's yeah. the measure there was – In time. Man, yeah. the like measure there needs to <laughs> – hey, we're talking about the tallest hemlock tree in the – in the country, like, you couldn't you couldn't just make it a flat one seventy. If they can give basketball players yeah. an inch in height <laughs> yeah. all the time, or football players, they can give this tree yep, yep. Uh, like they could say one hundred seventy feet. Yeah. But I, I was expecting more out of the name. I wish it was something like like He Man the Hemlock, <laughs> like, something like <laughs> no, that. No, it's but the, the, the Nolan, Nolan Mountain Tree. Yeah. The Nolan Mountain Tree. So it's it is a name you've been asking, but it's not not what you want. So, but it is the state tree of Pennsylvania, and without knowing that, I. If, if you were to make me guess and say it's a state tree somewhere, I don't know that I would have guessed PA. Yeah. Yeah. I, although I I grew up in PA. I've seen them in PA, mm-hmm. um, just not what I would have thought of. Yep. Yeah, and I guess the, when I think I, about it, you think like northeast PA where it's yeah. mountainous, even some, some other areas of the state where it's mountainous. I could I can envision them there, yeah. On my own, I'm going to go back and look to see when it was declared the state tree to PA. Tr- state tree of pa mm-hmm. i wonder if that makes a difference yeah. but now can you use this in your yard i i think of wild places when i think of hemlocks i don't really think of people using them in their yard but can you you can and it's uh it can be used as a screen um and you can use it as a specimen tree if you have a large area uh or you can use it for slope stabilization because it does have that that shallow aggressive root system uh if you have uh some slopes on your property that you have room for trees that size, you could easily do do something like that. So, um, I've seen it used as hedges where it's mm. that the leaders have been taken out, okay. letting it yeah. get full. I've seen that in shady shady areas of Piedmont uh, properties. Mm-hmm. So that's an option. You know, my concern again is woolly adelgid. Like, yeah, uh, if if you're if you're hoping to get something that's going to be long lived on your property or something like that, you have to be aware that. You may not be able to prevent it from getting woolly adelgid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, one of the things I don't think of when I think of this plant is it providing a lot of value to wildlife other than like some thermal cover, some protection from snow, that kind of thing. But it, does it have actual other benefits to wildlife? It does. It does attract birds and butterflies, um, you know, and it, it is good for cover. Uh, it is – even though it attracts butterflies, it is pollinated by wind. Um Red crossbills and small mammals like to forage on the seeds of Canadian hemlock. Um, many songbirds will scour the thick and rigid bark for hidden insects in that those plates. Um, and wildlife like uh, rough grouse and uh, white-tailed deer will browse the buds or the foliage. So they will if, – if you have deer, you know, like those first six feet mm-hmm. might get, <laughs> might get yeah. browsed. Now, there's something called – Poison hemlock, but that's not this, right? No, is this, this no, poison? no, no part of this tree is poisonous. Not to be confused with poisonous hemlock or poison hemlock. Uh, but the tree, you know, if the other thing too is it is a larval host. So if not what I would have thought of being a larval host, mm-hmm. but it's a larval host to the Columbia silk moth, with I which I thought was uh, very interesting. Um, and the other thing, and your brother may appreciate this as someone who forages for this, um, the tree can be found living in association with many forest mushrooms such as Romaria flavo 
Sapneria. I'm looking that one up. I've never heard of I don't yeah. know what a Romeria is. Well, while you're looking that up, uh, one thing I did want to point out was that hemlocks are a late successional, uh, typically found late successional hemlock hardwood forests is when you start to see those popping up. So did you, did you get a chance it's to? A, uh, it's a coral fungus. Um, I, can't, I can't find a, a common name yet. But all right, some no mycologist will, will write in and let us know what, what this is actually called. It's a really cool looking mushroom. Yeah, but uh, and it does look a lot like coral, so I understand uh, there why it's go. a coral type mushroom. But uh, I'll so, find the common name later. All right, so um, some facts about the tree: hemlock wood is used in construction and for railroad ties and crates, which I was unaware of, but it makes sense uh historically and and you knew this from when you did that's hot historically its bark was an import important source of tannin for the leather tanning industry like if if hemlock is near water uh you can you can easily tell from the color of the water mm-hmm. uh yep. because of the tannins um common native american it is a common native american medicinal plant it was used for colds kidney ailments and joint pains uh and it's also an antiseptic and can be used for gingivitis and sore throats. Now, I want to say it was interesting. One of the things when I first started dating uh, my fiance Agatha, who's from Poland, that one of the cough syrups that she had in the house was she'd gotten from a Polish um, like corner store, and it was pine pine flavored hmm. uh, cough yeah. syrup, which I thought was very interesting. I haven't tried it because I really haven't had a cough since. We've been dating. Yeah. Not like a not one that I would treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I have one from the nose surgery, <laughs> yeah. but not one that I would take cough syrup for. So and I did find a common name for that, and it was just coral fungus, which okay. I think it encompasses a larger variety of those, but gotcha. really cool looking mushroom. All right. So. so we are at quiz time, and I'm going to give you four factual statements, one false statement, and we'll see if uh I can continue my streak of stumping you this week. So the first to classify this tree using the name Pinus canadensis in 1753 was uh, Carl Linnaeus. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, but very, very famous botanist who classified a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of uh, plant material, and he lived from 1707 to 1778. Um, Hemlock-flavored cough drops manufactured by Ludens were discontinued in the mid 1970s. And you're you're supposed to expect me to know that? I wasn't. Born I'm just. Yet. Well, I, you're not. You're not supposed to know any of these. <laughs> like if I didn't look these up, I would know. I know yeah. these are random facts. I find them also intriguing. I'm hoping our listeners find mm-hmm. yeah. some of these as intriguing. And it's interesting to figure out which one is the most absurd because some of these are pretty absurd. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the French speaking regions of Canada, this tree is pronounced as Pruche du Canada. Mm-hmm. Suga is actually from the Japanese name for the hemlocks of Japan, and the species canadensis means of Canada where the tree was first typed. And those are your five, All right. uh, I'm, five statements. The one that stands out to me is the hemlock cough drops. Okay. I feel like you're making that one up. Um, I wasn't alive yet, but yeah. it just strikes me as odd. Oh, yeah, there's a pine cough syrup and then a hemlock cough drops. Not true. Not true. All right. So Tom's guessing that the fake statement is hemlock-flavored cough drops manufactured by Ludens were discontinued in the mid-1970s. 
you're back on the the, the winner's yeah. board. I had to try at least once. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this is. I love that these are trees that we encounter often. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we grow, so it's not something that you and I deal yeah. with every day. And it's not something that is native to where we're at in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to to continually keep learning a, more and more about these plants, and I'm hoping most of this sticks. Yeah. Now, I always ask here, would you put it in your garden? And you typically say yes. I don't think there's anything you've been saying no to, but I – I have a feeling this is going to be different. I did say no to uh, rice cut grass, (laughs) but I'm going to say no to this because Mm -hmm. I don't have a spot for it, and I would be concerned of woolly adelgid. Mm -hmm. And um, I I just don't know that – and it's not really native to this area, and I don't know if it would survive Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, I I really feel the same as you. I don't have a a small yard, but I don't really have a giant yard. It's not the right habitat. I like seeing it in wild places in the mountains, and it's a shame that we have an invasive pest that's coming and destroying a lot of these trees. Um, It's something that I wish there was a solution for. There currently really isn't, but um, it's going to be absent from a lot of landscapes pretty soon, and it's going to kind of change at least my perception on some of these wild places that I like to frequent. Now, if I remember correctly, I remember in the late 80s, we sold a lot of this tree. Mm-hmm. And as woolly adelgid hit, sales slumped off. Mm-hmm. People weren't people weren't buying them. People weren't selling them. But I believe there's a Suga caroliniana that is a little bit more I'm, – I'm assuming that's more of a southern hemlock and that it's a little more resistant to woolly adelgid. Um, but I don't know that plant that well, so I'm hoping – that that's a plant that we cover on a native plant every day in a future episode. So are you looking it up real fast yeah, just to fact check? it is Carolina hemlock. All right. And there it's native to the Appalachian Mountains in the southwest Virginia, west North Carolina, extreme northeast Georgia, uh, northwest South Carolina, eastern Tennessee. All right. And it grows on rocky slopes. So, All right. Yeah, cool. So not planting that here either. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Thank you again for joining us. We will see you uh, tomorrow for another episode of A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey everyone, this is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.